The following pre-recorded program is paid for by SSI Guardian. Welcome to Living Well with Dr. Peg with your host, psychologist and author, Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark. Living Well with Dr. Peg explores a variety of mental health, wellness, and safety topics brought to you by SSI Guardian. Living Well with Dr. Peg shares effective and practical psychological strategies based on biblical principles for living well and staying safe. To listen to previous episodes, learn more about Dr. Peg's mental health and safety workshops, or to register for an upcoming VIP personal transformation retreat. Visit drpegradio.com. And now, here's your host, Dr. Peggy Mitchell Clark. Hello, listeners. Thanks for tuning in today. How many of you are single? How many of you married people remember how hard at times it was to be single? And when our spouses get on our nerves, we seem to remember our single days fondly, but also remember how we desperately wanted to be married. My guest today has learned a lot about singleness, friendships, dating relationships, and marriage, and wants to share these lessons through her ministry, Live Well, Love Well. We'll hear from Dion Edmonds on today's episode of Living Well with Dr. Peg in just a moment. So text or call your single friends, married friends, friends who are in dating relationships, and those who want to be married, and tell them what we're about to be talking about on the Living Well with Dr. Peg show. But first, let me remind you that Living Well with Dr. Pegg is sponsored by SSI Guardian, the leader in advanced safety education, training products, and solutions. Are you an administrator or teacher at a K-12 school? Or maybe you're a pastor at a church. Have you received appropriate training for yourself, your staff, and administrators so you can keep your students and congregations safe? Do you know how to respond during an act of targeted violence? Do you know the signs that someone's moving on a path to violence? Do you understand how mental health problems should be addressed when making a threat assessment? If not, go to SSIGuardian.com to learn how to create a 21st century safe school or contact me to learn more about SSI Guardian's Stop the Threat Advanced Training. Uh, We're also in our second year on KRKS 94.7 FM The Word and starting my fifth year actually of the Living Wealth Dr. Pegg Show. Uh, I've got archives that are pretty wide and deep, and so if you want to go back and listen to a previous episode of Living Well with Dr. Pegg, or an oldie but goodie from, say, 2012, go to com for the program archives. I even have a program with my guest today, Dion Edmonds, uh, from a few years ago. And we're talking all things mental health, wellness, safety, relationships, money, spiritual growth, fitness, health, change, and transformation. Again, go to drpegradio.com to listen to those past episodes or to connect with our sponsor and to learn more about my various events, retreats, and books. And this summer, I've also got my nonfiction writing and self-publishing one-day intensive coming up by popular request. Do something different for a change as well, the private personal transformation retreat and also coaching packages for individuals in small groups. And again, if you want to plug into what God is doing in my ministry and business this summer, go to drpegradio.com. Well, my guest on today's show knows something about change and living well. She's dedicated her ministry to helping people live well and love well. And her name is Dion Edmonds, founder of Live Well, Love Well, a ministry for women that seeks to radically change the culture by transforming the way we view and do relationships. That would be friendships, dating relationships, 
and marriages. Dion Edmonds, thanks for being here with me today by phone, and welcome back to the Living Well with Dr. Peg show. Thanks so much for having me, Dr. Peg. It's good to be back. It's great to have you back. It was quite a few years ago that you were on my program, and we talked about living well and loving well. And um, so you've relaunched your ministry after a, a bit of a of a break from uh, actively promoting that particular um, uh, activity. And, um, of course, I love the name of your ministry, Live Well, Love Well. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, the name of my program, my business, is Living Well. That was a, a, inspired by um, John 738, which is yeah. whoever believes in me, as Scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within within them. And so I'm curious about uh, how you started your ministry, what inspired you, and, and what your goals are. Sure, sure. So uh, Live Well, Love Well um, was actually started in 2012. Um, and, and at that point, it was birthed out of um, just some of my own struggles with dating and relationships and being a Christian and wanting to um, honor God in, in my dating relationships, but really not having a um, a proper format or paradigm to do that. Um, and so, um, I, you know, out of my own struggles, my own, um, heartache, my own pain, um, and then seeing the way that God really, um, redeemed that through my, my courtship and then later marriage to, uh, my now husband, Brian, um, I, I talk a lot about the experiences that I had, um, you know, prior to meeting my husband and then the way that God really transformed um, my mind and gave me a blueprint for dating in a way that honors him. And so I, you know, once I um, moved to Pittsburgh to be uh, with my husband, um, we're, we're both in uh, full-time ministry, I, I ran into a lot of women, uh, Dr. Pegg, that, you know, were in the church, had a desire to honor God in relationships, but really just did not know how. Um, and I found myself having a ton of conversations with them around some of the things that the Lord did in me and what he showed me along the way. Um, and little by little, the Lord used those conversations to show me that he wanted to birth a ministry. Um, and so that's how Live Well, Love Well initially came about. Um, and as you mentioned, you know, I took a, took a, a step back after having um, our first daughter. The Lord just made it clear that I needed to take a step back from ministry in order to focus on, you know, my, my new role as a mother in my household. And so I stepped back from uh, full-time ministry for about three years. Um, but during that time period, I, I said, if I ever were to do Live Well, Love Well again, I really just really sensed in my spirit that the focus needed to shift so that we could cater to, to all women. And so the Lord, um, in the, the past year, Last year, I wasn't looking to relaunch Live Well, Love Well, but um, would run into a number of women, you know, while I was out and about that had been impacted by the ministry. And after hearing the question, are you ever going to relaunch the ministry over and over and over again, I had to stop and say, okay, Lord, are you, are you doing something here? Are you saying something? Do you want me to relaunch this ministry? Um, and so we, we relaunched a couple of months ago and in relaunching the ministry, our new focus is to um, to transform the way that that women view and do relationships. And as you said, that is friendships, dating relationships, and marriages. And so that that hits all women. Mm -hmm. Amen. And and it really is. Uh, they're all related, and it's a continuum. And really, I believe a reflection 
of where we are in our relationship with the Lord and knowing yeah. our tr- true identity in Christ is mm-hmm. determines the kind of friend we're going to be and the kind of um, future spouse we're going to be. That's and right. the best time to prepare to become a spouse, a wife, or a husband is while you're still single, isn't it? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. Well, talk about some of your um, uh, dating history. You mentioned that as an inspiration mm-hmm. for your ministry. What, what, what's your story there? Yeah. So, Dr. Peg, just to be completely honest, I, I was a mess. Um, I started, <laughs> I'm just going to put it out there. <laughs> I started, um, I started seriously dating, you know, in high school and, um, and lost my virginity pretty early on there. Um, and I, I was in the church. So I grew up in the church, um, was very involved, very active in my home church in Baltimore, um, throughout, you know, middle school and high school, um, and, and had a desire for the things of God. But when it came to dating and relationships, there was a breakdown for me. And I really think that um, a part of that stemmed from, you know, although my parents were married, you know, they never sat down with my sister and I and, and talked to us about what it looks like to, to date in a way that honors God. And I think, you know, honestly for them, they didn't have a paradigm for that either. Um, and so I found myself gaining a lot of information from popular culture, you know, from uh, media, from conversations with friends, and that just carried over into my college years where um, I would go into relationships with the desire to honor God by, you know, not um, engaging in sexual intimacy, you know, guarding my heart, you know, that kind of thing. But I did not have practical steps mm-hmm. um, for how to do that. And so without any practical information, you know, I knew I knew the word. I, I heard the gospel. I knew the gospel had a relationship with the Lord, but I did not know how to apply it to that particular area of my life. And so it was an area of major compromise for me. Um, it was an area of major of major heartbreak for me. I mean, I can remember you know, being in relationships with, uh, and in particular, one relationship with a guy, this is, I was in college at this point with a guy that was in ministry, um, and having this deep desire, you know, to honor the Lord, but, you know, always crossing this, this, uh, this boundary of, um, you know, exploring sexual intimacy. And, and every time I would, I can vividly remember Dr. Pegg just feeling extremely broken and um, um, and just, you know, just overwhelmed with emotion uh, because of this, um, you know, con- I was I was conflicted spiritually, you know, my my spirit desired to honor God, but my flesh mm-hmm. <laughs> was extremely weak. And, and like I said, I did not have a paradigm. And so it was um, this never-ending cycle yeah. uh, that I was in. Yeah. And, and that's so common. Thanks for your transparency. That's so common, um, even among believers, is it that is. we, you know, yeah. Paul said it, you know, what I what I don't want to do, I do. Right. <laughs> what I That's do right. want to do, I don't. <laughs> and, you know, but what a wretched man I am. And so yeah. we have the sin nature. You you mm-hmm. summed it up well. It's our flesh. And we may yeah. we may be born again and um, but we need to renew our minds. And then you I think you said the key and one of the key things about my program is providing effective practical strategies based on biblical principles for living well and staying safe. And so we can have the word, 
Uh, but we need to be doers of that word. And how do we apply the word in day-to-day circumstances in, in the modern era in which we live? Okay. Uh, you, you hit on so many really key things that I loved, um, even as you're explaining your, you know, how you were a mess <laughs> as a young person. Uh, listeners, I'm speaking with Dion Edmonds. She's the founder of Live Well, Love Well, and it's for women to, and to help change the culture um, and transform how we view and do relationships. And so uh, one thing that you hit on that we talked about on my show a few weeks ago is boundaries and how important it is to teach young people boundaries, uh, even from a, a young age, certainly in terms of keeping them safe from predators is, you know, good touch, bad touch, and all that mm-hmm. stuff that we teach our kids. You have uh, two young do- daughters, don't you? Yes, I and do. So, so important from a young age to introduce that concept of boundaries, and they're, they're there to keep us safe and to keep us from having the broken heart that, I think inevitably comes from um, doing things other than outside of God's way of doing things. Yeah, yeah. And as you're talking to women, would you say your experience is is, um, not uncommon that other singles uh, that you minister to have had some of the same challenges? Oh, my goodness. Uh, Yeah, it is. It's extremely common. And in fact, I just I had a conversation um, the other day. Um, with um, a young adult um, that I have a, you know, relationship with. And she was sharing that she, you know, an interest that she has in a guy. And so as I was listening to her talk about, you know, her desire to be with him and, you know, trying to figure out if he likes her and just, you know, just trying to sort through all of her emotions um, and her feelings there, I, I asked her, I said, you know, well, what is your what is your concept of um, of dating and how do you how do you plan to date in a way that honors the Lord? And she had not mm. a clue. Um, and so it was a great opportunity for me um, to sit down and talk to her about about boundaries, about, you know, if you're going to go into something like this, you have to go in with a clear understanding of what it is that you both want. And, and for us as believers, we don't just date just to date. You know, we, we date, and the end goal of our dating should be marriage. Um, and that does not necessarily mean that every relationship will end in marriage, but it's important for both persons to go in with that understanding so that we know how to interact with each other. We're not playing around. We're not, you know, we're not... Um, um, playing with each other's emotions and feelings, but we're able to to go in clear-headed and with a goal and a plan in mind about how we're going to get to know one another and prayerfully seek God together about his purpose and plan uh, for for our meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so we, we were able to talk about that. But you're so right, Dr. Pegg. It is, it's common. It's extremely common. And I find that the more um, conversation I have, you know, the more I realize how common it is for men and women to be in the church um, and to have a desire, um, you know, to to honor God um, in relationships, but just not, you know, to have any idea or understanding mm-hmm. um, of what that looks like yeah. and, and, and the role that boundaries should play in that. Yeah, and, and it's just a common stumbling block and even a stronghold, I think. And, and yes. you, you said something really key is, you really, you know, love the Lord and you were really, um, you know, walking with the Lord and wanted to please the Lord. And yet this was a stumbling block for yeah. you. And mm-hmm. so 
what kind of um, suggestions can you offer uh, women? And, and that's your target audience, but there are mm-hmm. probably some principles men can take away as well, and young men and young women. What suggestions can you offer for godly dating? Uh, yeah, you're saying yeah. the goal of dating is marriage. Doesn't mean every person you date is mm-hmm. potentially you're looking at them as going to be your husband. But I assume you mean by that there's things we can learn about especially ourselves to yeah. prepare and equip us for marriage, even if that person we're dating is, is not who God has for us. So what, what, right. what do young people need to know to date in a godly fashion? Yeah, I think I think the one of the first things, and I, I referenced it a couple of minutes ago, but I think one of the first things is that um, it's important. If, if the goal is marriage, it's important for both persons, a man and a woman, to go into the relationship with that understanding. I think going into the relationship with both persons being on the same page mm-hmm. is key because often what happens is, you know, and, and typically it is it's us as females, we go in um, – and we have a desire for um, stability. We have a desire for for marriage. And you know, a guy may go in with some different thoughts in mind. You know, this is someone that I just want to spend some time with. I just want to hang out. You know, but I, I want the option of seeing other women. And that's never communicated. And so then, oftentimes, they you know, both persons get to a place in the relationship where it's apparent that one person is moving in one direction, the other person is moving in a completely different direction. Mm -hmm. And so I think stating off top what um, the goal is for the relationship and your intentions for the relationship is key because from that then flows the boundaries and even the conversation um, that that you should have if the end goal is marriage, the conversation that you need to have to get to know one another and, and, like I said, prayerfully consider whether or not God has, in fact, called you to marry. Mm-hmm. And, um, and to marry at this particular time. At this particular time. This may be exactly your future right. spouse, but just the yeah. wrong time. So as the young people say, one of the keys, it sounds like you're saying, is that DTR, define the relationship <laughs> conversation. <laughs> uh, yes. One thing that I notice about our language that I'm, I'm becoming more mindful of is even to say, uh, you know, when a girl meets a guy, you know, that's mm-hmm. the problem right there because it should be a man and a woman and who are woman. thinking about mm-hmm. marriage, not a girl and not a guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're mm-hmm. thinking about marrying a guy, you should probably think again and that's be looking right, for Dr. a man. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so not everyone marries their first love whom mm-hmm. they met in the second grade and mm-hmm. knew they would marry them from the moment their eyes locked for the first mm-hmm. time on the playground. Uh, for many of us, including yourself, uh, you shared, we get our hearts broken and we experience breakups in our dating relationships. So how can we bounce back from a broken relationship? Uh, given all that you said about the goal of dating is marriage, well, some of those relationships won't work out. That's just kind of how things go. So how right. do we bounce back? Yeah, I think that's a an excellent question. And I would say one of the first things that I would say is that I think the way that we bounce back has everything to do with the boundaries that we put in place initially. Um, And what I mean by that is um, if you go into it, not guarding your heart, um, then, then when the relationship gets to a place where it's clear that God has not called you to be together and your, your heart was not guarded initially, it's, it's that much more difficult 
um, to to bounce back on the you know on the back end. And so one of the things that I really like to to stress and encourage is the importance of a man and a woman building the relationship on a friendship. What does it mean for you to get to know this man as your brother in Christ and for him to get to know you as his sister in Christ first? Mm -hmm. What is, you know, what does it mean to build a relationship off of that Um, so that, you know, you're guarding, you're guarding your emotions even. And, And it doesn't mean that you don't have emotions, but that you are intentional about, um, having conversations with, you know, other sisters in Christ about how you feel about this brother, and these sisters in Christ are able to check you and to um, to help you to think clear-headed about um, the way that you engage him. So I think that's, that's a very important part of um, bouncing back, the way that you go into it. But if you also, if you go into it not guarding your heart, I think, you know, then the way that we bounce back it has to be through Christ that we have to we have to seek to be built up in him. Mm-hmm. And so often, you know, as people, we we turn to um we turn to popular culture, we turn to media, we turn to the things that um you know that we think are important or helpful um um for us, you know, in safeguarding our hearts and oftentimes those things are not healthy um or helpful. But, but Christ is able to restore us, and he is able to, um, to heal, you know, the broken parts of us. And so I do think that, you know, being intentional about turning to him is helpful. And then even, you know, coupling that with um, counseling, depending on the depth of the brokenness. Um, I definitely, Dr. Pegg, I mentioned a relationship that I was in while I was in college, and this relationship actually carried into grad school for me. And... Um, after I got out of that relationship, I knew that there were some open wounds that needed to be dealt with if I were going to go into my next relationship in a healthy manner. And so I sought I sought Christian counseling, um, and it was extremely helpful for me in my uh, my healing process. Mm-hmm. Amen. And I think one of the the best ways to bounce back as we're seeking the Lord after a breakup yeah. is to really focus on ourselves. Mm -hmm, Uh, mm -hmm. whatever areas, ask the Lord, you know, search my heart, show me, show me those areas where I need to, as you said, get healing, whether it's through some professional help, uh, spiritual counseling, um, or, you know, professional mental health um, expert who can guide you in a process of healing and really getting to know yourself and being clear about your identity in Christ. I think when, when we're rooted in Christ, it really helps us avoid some of these issues that we face Mm -hmm. in the world and it's not who others say I am it's not even who I say I am it's who God says I am and that's a really a great way to to heal from those that broken heart another thing you said that that we can expound upon uh, in our next segment is about going in as as friends first Mm -hmm. and um I'm, I'm thinking of Song of Songs or Song of Solomon, where they addressed each other as my my beloved, my brother, my friend, <laughs> my beloved, yes. my sister, my friend. Mm-hmm. And so it's not only this romantic love and covenant love. It's about we're brothers and sisters in Christ, yes. as you stated. And also, this is your friend. And mm-hmm. if we can build on, on that um, building block of friendship, 
you you wouldn't treat your friend sometimes the way you t- you treat your boyfriend or right. girlfriend or even spouse and so we can we can learn a lot um about relationships and having healthy relationships by focusing on friendship that's right amen um and and so when we come back we'll talk more about um rather than that emphasis on finding romantic love um mm-hmm. It really can put us out of balance uh, with friends and family. So not only seeking friendship with that potential future spouse, but really uh, live well, love well is about all relationships and having balance with our friendships and healthy friendships and balance with our family and learning how to leave Mm -hmm. our family and cleave to our, our, our spouse and yet still have those relationships that are so important for couples. I'm speaking with Dion Edmonds, founder of Live Well, Love Well. And when we come back, Dion will explain the importance of nurturing our friendships and family relationships while we're single, as well as why it's so important for women to pray for our future husbands. I'm Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark. We'll be right back. This is Denver's all-new 94.7 FM, The Word. One needs to look no further than today's headlines to understand the threats facing American schools. They remain soft targets for violent threats, and yet our schools go largely underprepared. Our children deserve the highest level of education in the safest learning environment possible. The SSI Guardian QAL, or Quick Action Lockdown, is the fastest and safest way to lock down a classroom. This revolutionary device provides schools with maximum locking protection while meeting all safety, fire, and building codes. Designed by the leading lock experts in the world, the QAL is the only lock that meets Department of Homeland Security primer recommendations. SSI Guardian QAL now makes classroom lockdowns fast and safe with the red button. As a parent, you have every right to demand that your child is afforded the best classroom protection. Take action today by calling SSI Guardian at 877-878-5800 or go to guardianprotect.com. That's guardianprotect.com. With SRN News, I'm Ron DeRockstra. A 24-year-old North Texas woman's in jail after admitting she intentionally left her 2-year-old daughter and 16-month-old son in a hot car where they died last month to teach the girl a lesson. Cynthia Marie Randolph of Weatherford, west of Fort Worth, being held on two counts of causing serious bodily injury to a child. Illinois is on track to become the first U.S. state to have its credit rating downgraded to junk status, which would deepen its multi-billion dollar deficit and cost taxpayers more than more for years to come. Lawmakers meeting in Springfield for a special legislative session today remain deadlocked with the July 1st start of the new fiscal year approaching. And Louisiana Congressman Steve Scalise continues to show signs of improvement as he recovers from his gunshot wounds in an attack two weeks ago at a practice for a congressional charity baseball game. His status is now fair condition. This is SRN News. 94.7 FM, The Word. If you are a Colorado veteran and you are not in a VA mortgage, you've probably been lied to. If you're a veteran and not in a VA mortgage, 99% guaranteed you're paying too high a rate, throwing away thousands of dollars a year to a bank that will never tell you they're taking you for a ride. As a vet, you're entitled to use a VA loan over and over again. You should be paying zero in mortgage insurance, and you can take out 100% of the value of your home for paying off credit cards. Your bank is never going to tell you how much you're throwing away, but I will. 
will. I'm Brian Murphy, owner of Front Range Mortgage, a local Colorado-only mortgage team that has helped hundreds of veterans to drop their mortgage insurance, save thousands, lowering their payments, and pay off high-interest credit cards. Call me and my local team for a painless five-minute conversation to see how much we can save you. Our number, 303-500-1900. That's 303-500-1900, or visit FrontRangeMortgage.com. And I'm last 378844, regulated by the Division of Real Estate. I'm Trina Webster. And I'm Dan Webster, founders of Z Quiet. Let me be honest, I snored. Yeah, he did. Crazy loud. And I was forced to sleep on the couch most nights. Dan tried everything, including surgery to solve his snoring problem. Nothing worked. So he turned to experts and created a solution that's a total game changer, a mouthpiece called Z Quiet. Not just any mouthpiece, one that gently opens the airway where the snoring happens. In fact, it's based on the same technology as treatments costing thousands of dollars. It allows natural jaw movement so you can talk, breathe normally, and best of all, sleep comfortably without making a sound. And what's really cool is that it couldn't be easier. Just pop it in before you go to sleep to kick snoring out of bed. So you can sleep quiet with Z-Quiet. Z-Quiet fits both men and women. Try it risk-free for 30 days for just $9.95. Go to GetZQuiet.com or text SNORE to 91011. Go to GetZQuiet.com or text SNORE to 91011. To learn more about living well with Dr. Pegg, visit DrPegRadio.com. And now, Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark. What are you reading this summer? Have you read Do Something Different for a Change? An insider's guide to what your therapist knows but may not tell you. That's my first book. Uh, Some people think you can't be a Christian and understand psychology, but did you know that all good psychology is God's psychology? And God wrote the original and ultimate self-help book. And just like this radio program where I share psychological information based on biblical principles, my book, Do Something for a Change, shares effective psychological strategies based on biblical principles to help you experience lasting change in your life. The book explains the three common barriers to change and shares strategies and insights that will help you overcome those barriers I also share your, the secrets your therapist knows but may not tell you because many of them are on the same treadmill you're on, doing the same old, same old because it's what they've always done and know how to do. But Do Something Different for Change opens your eyes by sharing God's truth in an easy-to-read, easy-to-understand format. Get a copy of Do Something Different for Change today and have a better tomorrow. Well, my guest on today's show is Dion Edmonds. She knows a little something about having a better tomorrow. She's overcome some uh, challenges in her dating life, and she's now a happily married wife and mother and in full-time ministry with Live Well, Love Well. And we're talking about preparing yourself for marriage and dating relationships, and we're going to shift gears and talk a little bit more about friendships. Dion, thanks so much for being on the program. Thank you for having me. And how can listeners uh, get in touch with you and connect with your ministry? Um, one of the uh, primary ways is through our website, www.livewelllovewell.com. I'm also on social media, um, Instagram. You can find me at Dion J. Edmonds. Um, and then for uh, Facebook, same, Dion J. Edmonds. Excellent. And I enjoy your posts is how I realized that you were 
uh, relaunching Live Well, Love Well. I saw it on Facebook. Oh, great. <laughs> and so I appreciate your blogs uh, that, that you link uh, back to your website from Facebook. And you've had some wonderful blogs is how um, we kind of came uh, to decide on our topic today is just some of the wonderful things that you've been writing about. So I appreciate uh, your ministry and um, the tidbits that you're sharing daily on um, on social media. Thank you, Dr. Pegg. And I'll have a link to Live Well, Love Well from my website, drpegradio.com. So let's talk about the importance of uh, balance in uh, our friendships and with family, um, certainly being friends with our future spouse, building on a foundation of friendship. But what about the, the other relationships around us that really sometimes that can be the stumbling block where uh, I enjoy watching a program called Married at First Sight and uh, the experts uh, match up um, couples based on their psychological profiles and other mm-hmm. factors. And they they get married without having seen each other. And I appreciate the show because they're really committed to that vow. They really honor marriage and they're trying to make it work. And some of them actually end up staying together after wow. the show's over. So it's a great show. Um, and so uh, every now and then you'll see on the show where Friends and family actually get in the way of the relationship because mm-hmm. they're in the person's ear. <laughs> mm-hmm. They're either um, trying to pull them back into their friendship because they miss mm-hmm. their running buddy or they're in their mm-hmm. ear about negative things about their partner. How do we find a balance where we are still connected to our spouse, but we still have friendships and family relationships in addition to our marriage and dating relationships? Yeah. It's um, it's not easy. Um, it's it's definitely not an easy thing. Um, and I think just depending on some of the you know the family history and and upbringing you know determines um, just how difficult or easy it is uh, to break away. But I think that it's important um, for um, you and your spouse to have conversation um, very early on. I can remember um, my husband and I before we got married, actually while we were courting having conversations with our our parents about our intentions for our relationship and sitting down with them and talking to them about um, just some of the feelings that we had for one another and what we were sensing the Lord, you know, was calling us into. Um, and so really incorporating them into um, the courtship process, but then also letting them know that um, we were moving to a place where we were preparing to leave and cleave. I was going to be preparing, you know, to leave and cleave. And so, you know, needing to have some of those conversations very early on um, was helpful, but then also having to revisit them, Dr. Pegg. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Reminding <know>. some folks. <laughs> Reminding <you> know. people. <laughs> we won't say who. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. And so, you know, first year of marriage, um, I can remember, you know, for me specifically having conversation with my mom, you know, where she would want me to come down for um, a certain event and, Mm -hmm. and I'm growing in relationship with my husband and we are building a life together here in Pittsburgh. My parents are in Baltimore. And I, you know, I had to say to her, mom, you know, my husband and I, Brian and I have plans. And so because I'm, I'm looking to, uh, to nurture our relationship, I won't be able to attend that. 
Um, and that being a difficult conversation because she was used to me being present, mm-hmm. uh, but having to be honest and direct in that. Um, and so I think that um, I think that it's important to have some of those conversations early on, Dr. Pegg, but also to revisit them. And I think the way that we say them, uh, the way that we engage in those conversations is key. You know, we are to speak the truth in love. And, and unfortunately, <laughs> we use that scripture sometimes to, to mean or to, uh, to suggest that that means that we can say whatever we want to say, <laughs> and, you know, in a quote-unquote loving way. But what that scripture actually means is to speak, to speak the truth is to speak God's truth. Mm. So calling people back to the word as mm-hmm. you're engaging in the conversation, yes, that's you good. know, and so me reminding my mom, like, I'm not just saying this just to say it, but I'm, I'm married and God has called me to be one with my husband, Amen. So bringing her back to God's truth. That's uh, excellent. Key. That's that's so good because we speak the truth in 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 what we call love. You know, yes. you'll hear people. I just keep it real. I just speak the truth, right. but it's not in love. That's obvious. But what I what I like about what you just said, it, it's not my truth. Yeah. It's what God says, and who can argue with that? I mean, people may try, but they're going to yeah. lose. And right. so I love how you, that example that you gave is, Mom, I can't, and here's why. Mm-hmm. And and wouldn't you want to support me building my relationship with my husband? And this is how I'm going to do it. And then I think the practical um, balance to that would simply be saying, however, I can come for a visit on this date or for this right. occasion. And let's right. plan for it. And we can look forward to enjoying some mother-daughter time. So exactly. it's not just cutting those people out, but finding a way to still stay connected but explaining to them the reason why is, mm-hmm. is God's, God's reason for why you're doing this. I love yeah. that. Excellent. Well, let's talk about how important it is to pray for our spouse. And, and people, people, of course, know, yes, we should be praying for our spouse. And we'll talk about praying together. Uh, but what about praying for your future spouse? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, in fact, when I was single, Uh, God had given me visions and dreams of my husband, but he never showed me his face or told me his name. But what he did show me is that my future husband, the one that was going to come, you know, a couple years later at that time, was a real flesh and blood man. He was not some romantic fantasy. He was real and he had real challenges and real struggles right now, even though we didn't yet know each other. And he needed my prayers and so how important is that to, to instruct women to begin praying now for their future husbands? Oh, my goodness, Dr. Pegg. I, I can't stress uh, the importance of it um, enough. I think sometime, um, unfortunately, as believers, we, um, we, uh, we don't realize the power uh, that is that is at work in our prayers. We don't realize the power that is available to us, you know, in prayer. The Word of God reminds us that we're two or three or more gathered, uh, that He is in the midst, and that um, the prayers of the righteous availeth much. Um, and so I think when we begin to just take seriously uh, the power <laughs> at work in prayer, mm-hmm. um, it can really, it can change things. Um, and so when you think about your future husband, you know, what is it, what does it look like or what does it mean even just to, 
commit to praying for him now. And, and I don't mean just, you know, sometimes we, we focus so much attention on some of the material things um, that we negate the spiritual things. But what does it look like to pray for his heart right now, you know, his relationship with Christ mm. and, and even his leadership? Uh, you know, the, this is a man that God, if you are to marry him, he is supposed to, to cover you and to, uh, to lead you and to love you as Christ loves the church. Mm. And so praying for his ability to lead in that way right now is extremely important. Amen. Um, yeah. So even before we meet him, and certainly once we are married to that man, of we want to be yeah. praying for him. And you, uh, what you're saying that we ha- there's great power in prayer, and we have to believe that, have faith that um, God hears our prayers. No prayer goes unanswered. Sometimes the answer is no or wait, mm-hmm. but he hears them. And, and his word does not return to him void if we're praying his word and according to his will. Uh, and yeah. one, of, one of the great benefits and purposes, I believe, and I think the Bible says of marriage is oneness. The mm-hmm. two shall become one. And so in marriage, we have the power of unity. And so when we pray together in agreement in unity, not just praying for our, our husband, but praying with him in unity and agreement, boy, no telling what we can do. And I think that's why the enemy comes so hard and the culture comes so hard against marriage, because there, in that unity, we can advance God's kingdom, not the I kingdom agree. of darkness. Yeah, Amen. I agree. Amen. Dr. Peg, I wanted to um, to also just add on. And we have about 30 seconds, Dion. Okay. Just the importance of praying for yourself as well. Mm. That sometimes we place so much emphasis on praying for our future husband that if we're not careful to pray for ourselves, then we're not ready for for the godly man. You know, so the importance of praying for yourself Amen. as well. Amen. And the Lord Indeed. showed me that the man that I had written out and described on my long list of qualities in my future husband that kind of man deserved a, a some kind of woman so i That's better right. get to working on myself <laughs> like we talked about when we were single and certainly yeah. prayer is part of that work uh you're listening to dion edmonds founder of live well love well we'll be right back this is denver's all new 94 7 fm the word schools can no longer afford not to invest in a professional evidence-based advanced safety education training program it's the single most important decision and investment a school administrator will ever make in their professional career when all else fails training and preparation are the only things that will increase your chances of survival in a violent incident such as an active shooter or active terrorism ssi guardian has set the new standard in advanced safety education by providing evidence-based advanced training programs tailored to your needs. While there are many basic training programs largely based on opinion and emotion, SSI Guardian is the only advanced training program of its type with an accredited continuing education unit or CEU issued by an accredited university. SSI Guardian has set the new standard in advanced safety education by providing evidence-based advanced training and solutions to learning institutions, faith-based and professional organizations. To learn more, call SSI Guardian today at 877-878-5800 or visit guardianprotect.com. To learn more about living well with Dr. Peg, visit drpegradio.com. And now, Dr. Peggy Mitchell Clark. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Dr. Peggy Mitchell Clark. And if you're confused, stuck, or ready for change, go to drpegradio.com. 
And check out my book, Do Something Different for a Change, and then add it to your summer reading list. And consider scheduling a Do Something Different for a Change personal transformation retreat for yourself or for you and a small group of friends. In both my book and retreats, you'll learn the three common barriers to change and effective, practical strategies to overcome them so you can experience lasting change and transformation in your life. Go to drpegradio.com. And my guest today is Dion Edmonds. It's just been a delight uh, to speak with you, Dion. Thanks so much for being on the program. Thank you for having me. And you can connect with Dion by going to uh, my website, drpegradio.com, and I'll have a link to Dion and her ministry, Live Well, Love Well, and I just love that name. <laughs> <laughs> we're kindred spirits in that regard. <laughs> so let's, you were, we, you, we ended talking about how not only important is it to pray for our husbands and that, uh, especially their leadership, and, and that really is important. It's hard. <laughs> to be a leader it's hard to to be responsible for leading a family and so we should be praying that our husbands will hear from the lord and the holy spirit will guide him and you also said though how important it is to pray for ourselves Mm -hmm. and so you've written about asking women asking wives are you a good follower (laughs) it's one thing to pray for our husbands to be good leaders but are we good followers say more about that and how that might be different or related to submission so I, <laughs> I think it's, you know, it's very easy to, um, like you said, it, it's hard to lead. It's hard to be a leader. There's a lot uh, of responsibility that a leader takes on. And, and so it can be very easy to criticize a leader. Mm. It can be very easy to, um, you know, to point out their weaknesses. Um, and so the, the question that, that, the question for me really just stemmed from um, a conviction that the Holy Spirit, <laughs> the Holy Spirit convicted me in this area is, your husband is leading. He's trying to lead you, but are you following him? Mm. You know, are you submitting to him in that area? And so often it's not the case that um, our husbands are not leading uh, because in many cases they are trying to, but, but for any, even the best leader, Dr. Pegg, if they constantly come up against, um, you know, um, of someone who is constantly um, being negative or not willing to follow, not willing to submit, then even the best leader um, at some point will step back because they they get winded. You know, they are they're tired of um, just the negativity that they come up against when trying to lead. Yeah. And so the Holy Spirit really convicted me about that um, recently. Um, I would I would say that. Following and submitting um, um, are very closely connected, but I do just want to point out that um, submission does have more to do with coming under um, the mission of of your husband. I, I like to think of it in those terms that when you are submitting to him, you're coming under the mission that God has given him for the family. Um, um, and so, you know, when you submit, you are um, yielding to uh, his authority um, and to the spirit of God present in him. Um, and it doesn't mean that you are, are powerless or voiceless, but it does mean that at the end of the day, when a decision has to be made, you are allowing him to make that, you know, mm-hmm. with, with your input. But if he doesn't, if he senses the Holy Spirit is calling you 
um, and the family to move in a different direction, you know, from what you sense, then, then you're willing to move in that direction. Mm-hmm. Um, even, you know, even if it's uncomfortable, even if you don't agree with it, you are, you're moving in that direction because, um, because God has called you to come under the mission that God has given him. Yes. Amen. And, and we, we understand how hard it is even for Jesus to lead us yes. <laughs> and for us to be good followers. And so I, how much more challenging is it for our husbands as, as men, as mortal right. men? And, but, and through the Holy Spirit, um, they, they can do it. And through the Holy Spirit, we can do it as well. But that's such an important um, thing to, to gain some insight or revelation on is how difficult we're making it for our husbands to lead because we, want, we don't want to follow or we want to be the ones um, leading. And we can influence him, um, but we really want, we want to get in line, follow him as he follows Christ. Mm-hmm. Amen. You've also uh, written in in your blogs about must-haves for marriage. Um, Why don't you share some of those must-haves for marriage and and what their benefits are for our marriages? Sure, sure. Um, You know, I I don't want to to sound cliche in saying this, but, you know, clearly uh, the number one is Christ um, and, and prayer. And so I would just I really just want to encourage people to um, to think about, you know, what it means to build a marriage on the sure foundation of Jesus Christ, Amen. what it means to have him, you know, as as the foundation um, and, and as the center of the marriage, the one that holds the two of you together. Um, and, and right along with that, very closely connected to that prayer, um, you know, carving out time to pray together, you know, as, um, as a couple, um, making sure that you all have consistent times where you're coming together and you're praying for one another and you're praying for um, the needs of, of your family, but also, you know, just different things that are on your heart. My husband and I try to come together um, in the evenings. Dr. Pegg, once we put the girls down for bed, we um, we were inspired after watching the movie um, War Room to, mm. to come together in our closet um, and to make that our space of prayer. But we go in our closet and we share prayer requests and we pray together for those requests. We pray for our girls. You know, we, we share the different things that we're burdened by. Um, so prayer, you know, being key, um, praying together, but also um, individually, you know. And so connected to submission, there are things that um, – I might be frustrated about, you know, regarding my husband's leadership. And I've come to understand, Dr. Pegg, that there there comes a place in relationship where your words have no effect mm-hmm. and that, you know, you need the spirit of God to take over and to open up the ears of your spouse and to, to make his heart receptive. And so I have learned that where my words are not effective, I need to pray and I need to depend on the Lord. Um, and so I definitely, I, I seek God about, you know, the areas where I'm struggling to submit, but also where, um, you know, I, I might be having a hard time with how my husband um, is leading, you know, in a particular area. Um, communication is mm. also another big thing, Dr. Mm-hmm. Peg. Um, and, you know, we, I think sometimes we underestimate just how different we are as men and women and how those differences show up in our communication. Um, and so I really, my husband and I really try to 
to work hard at communicating well. We try to be intentional about the way that we communicate, you know, being clear, being effective, being good listeners, actually taking the time to actively listen Mm -hmm. (laughs) when we communicate. Um, But then also learning to learning the best times for communication. You know, when you're trying to get the kids out the door and you're trying to get to work, it's not a good time to have a conversation Mm -hmm. about something that's really important. But, you know, scheduling time to talk. Right. Um, And can I interject there? I think especially with men and our husbands and Mm -hmm. some of the pressures that they face, especially if they're out in the out in the world and working and and making a living and um, coming coming under attack out there yeah. and, and being that first line of defense and mm-hmm. and covering for their families uh, they're ex- they can be exhausted when they come home yeah. and certainly uh, we as women especially if we're, we work outside of the home and in and when we work in the home we're exhausted too and right. yet um, we we want to be mindful of timing when we're mm-hmm. speaking to one another I think you you really um, hit on an important point there. Uh, just like it might be the right person to marry and just the wrong time to marry them. It might be a conversation that needs to be spoken in truth and love and just not right now. now. (laughs) And so, again, that's yet another thing uh, to yield to the the leading of the Holy Holy Spirit. Is this Mm -hmm. the right time to bring this up with my husband? Oh, my goodness. Dr. Peg, I can't tell you how many times I have asked the Holy Spirit that. (laughs) Is this a good time for me to bring this to his attention Mm -hmm. or, you know, should I wait um, and, and learning, I think as a woman, especially, you know, sometimes I'm just bubbling over with emotion about <laughs> a certain topic, you know, and I want I'm to laughing because that just, that just happened the other day. <laughs> I had been away on, on a business trip for a few days. And when I came home, I just wanted to tell my husband everything, you know, the <laughs> right. blow by blow, which yes. of course, that's a difference between men and women. He wants kind of the overall big picture and I want to give him the blow by blow yeah. and I, I sat in the aisle seat on the plane and this is what I you know <laughs> and you know that's only the first you know two hours of my trip I want to go hour by hour right. and so we just have to be mindful of our differences we have to yeah we, we have, have about to. a minute left what's uh what's one or two other must-haves or maybe probably one one other must-have one other um I would say uh, fun, um, and I would connect sex to that because that's extremely right. important <laughs> in marriage, uh, but not forsaking fun. You know, mm-hmm. some of the same things that you enjoyed while you were dating are the things that should still be incorporated into your marriage. Um, and, and I heard it once said, Dr. Pegg, that sometimes it seems like singles are having more sex than married people. <laughs> oh, like boy, we, that's a shame. We are in covenant relationship. Wow. and. We, you know, God honors that. Uh, God, God loves that. It pleases Him when we when we engage sexually. So, you know, of course, connecting that uh, to the fun as well. Amen. Thanks for sharing that and ending on that on that note. Um, and especially for for married couples, you know that that's important to keep that fun, that passion, and intimacy alive. Uh, thank you so much, Dion Edmonds, for being my guest today. Thank you for having me, Dr. Peg. You're welcome. Always a pleasure. You're welcome. Anytime you want to come back on, let me know. I've just enjoyed talking about how to live well and love well with Dion Edmonds. And you can learn more about that. Go to my website, drpegradio.com, for a link to Dion Edmonds. My guest has been Dion Edmonds of Live Well, Love Well. I'm Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark, reminding you to live well.
Thank you for listening to today's episode of Living Well with Dr. Peg, brought to you every week by SSI Guardian. To listen to previous episodes, learn more about Dr. Peg's mental health and safety workshops, or to register for an upcoming VIP personal transformation retreat, visit drpegradio.com. You can also purchase Dr. Peg's books, Do Something Different for a Change, and Doggy Tales, Lessons on Life, Love, and Loss I Learned from My Dog, online at drpegradio.com. And remember to join us every Saturday at 1 p.m. on 94.7 The Word FM for Living Well with Dr. Peg. Living well.